Hello and welcome to Manageable Conversations, the podcast where we speak to leaders across industry sectors. In each episode, we'll discover what helped them in their career, how they stay sharp, and ways they get the best out of their teams. I'm Farley Thomas, the founder of Manageable. We hope this podcast inspires you to be a great leader by learning from others. I fell into the trap of thinking, oh my God, I've made it. I'm on the pathway here. Mm. This is it. You know, fast track to the top. And I don't know if I eased off or I, but but something happened where I, I wasn't then suddenly, I wasn't ready to lead, quite mm. frankly. Mm. And I would say I was definitely moving towards the position of failure. That's Stuart Connolly, the CEO of Cloud Margin, a highly innovative and disruptive fintech business. In this conversation, Stuart talks about his transition from a major global investment bank to taking on the CEO position and being in a much smaller, fast-growing firm. He also shares his thoughts on building a strong culture in the current environment. Stuart, thank you very much for joining this manageable conversation. Could you share a little bit about the transition from being part of a giant, very (laughs) well-known firm to running presumably smaller, faster-growing businesses? Yeah, so look, I spent 18 years at uh, at Goldman Sachs in New York and in London uh, across various functions in the bank. I started at Goldman Sachs when I was 21 years of age uh, and, you know, I left when I was pretty much 40. So my entire education really was kind of, you know, really you know, formed at Goldman Sachs. The, the transition away, though, from a kind of large investment banking environment into kind of, you know, smaller, younger companies is an interesting one, right? It's challenging because mm. it's very, very different. You know, in, inside a company like Goldman Sachs, you have a support network around you that can help you do everything. I, of course, underestimated it. Um, and, you know, I was very fortunate to get the opportunity to go and be the CEO of a company called Trioptima, which was a large established fintech organization. Trioptima was a fantastic opportunity for me to retool, reskill, work in a fantastic organization, super talented people, and then kind of, you know, build your confidence again that you can do this and you can go execute and then kind of really want to go on the journey that I'm on now, right, which is taking that much smaller growth enterprise and really taking it through the kind of industrialization process, professionalization, you know, really making it kind of ready, fit for purpose for, for, for what it needs to do. So, um, yeah, fantastic journey so far. In terms of you as a leader, yeah. Stuart, what shaped you? What, what are the sort of signature learnings you've had? Failing. Pretty frequently, I would say. When people ask me you know, career advice or something, it's like, listen, it's not a straight line. It doesn't just go up and up and up. Expect some shocks along the way. Expect some failures. Expect some disappointments. Um, and uh, they're great experiences. Don't, don't discount them. Do you mind sharing one of these setbacks that you've learned from? Yeah, look, absolutely. So I, I'm a relatively young guy. I'm sitting inside Goldman Sachs. And I'm very fortunate that Goldman decided to give me a, a junior leadership position relatively young. Um, and, you know, I fell into the trap of thinking, oh, my God, I've made it. I'm on the pathway here. Mm. This is it. You know, fast track to the top. And I don't know if I eased off or I, but but something happened where I, I wasn't then suddenly, I wasn't ready to lead, quite mm. frankly. Mm. And I would say I was definitely moving towards the position of failure. Promotion round comes round and you think, oh, my God, look, I'm in this seat now. It is of that level. I should be getting this promotion. You don't get the promotion mm. and you get some pretty negative feedback and it's kind of like wow that's that's a that's a shock but again they're the experiences mm. they form you they help right so that setback that's one of many by the way you know that setback helped 
right? It helps you look at yourself, reflect, think, what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? And it gives you an opportunity to, to reset and go again. You talked earlier on about the difference which you've adapted to and you talked about re- retooling, reskilling. Yep. What helps you now stay sharp as the leader of the entire organization? Mm-hmm. And often people talk about it being potentially quite a lonely position or a heavy burden. And um, there's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. How do you cope? What helps you? So first of all, whoever said it's a lonely position, I absolutely agree with that. So I once described it as it's very isolating. Mm. People don't want to come and just have a general chat with you. And so that can be challenging. But there's also you know, a lot of good things that come with that as well. And so, you know, what, what makes what makes you keep sharp? I think I'm lucky I'm quite energetic and um you know passionate and mm. uh and, and and go at things at a, at 100 miles an hour so i don't give myself too much time to think about the you know the really difficult things it's just kind of being really passionate about it and, and passionate about what you do but also for me passionate about the team around me right you know so building a fantastic team working with great colleagues seeing their passion and desire to do the same things you want to do, mm. working with them every day, that, that brings great joy, mm. right? That brings true, true joy. And I've been really fortunate that people that have worked with me over the years, you know, watching them go on to do other things and be super successful themselves, but still kind of coming back around and, and talking to you and maybe seeking advice off of you, mm. all those things are super rewarding. And these individuals that you've just been talking about, Stuart, if someone came to you for advice on how to get the best out of their team, mm-hmm. what tips would you have for them? <laughs> or what advice? Or maybe what, what things not to do? So I think when you hire these talented people, and, and this is hard for someone like me because I do have some control freak tendencies, right. is then not to hire really smart, great people and then decide to micromanage everything they do. Mm. Right. So you hire these people, you agree on the vision, you agree on what you're trying to achieve, you agree on the base of how you think you're going to get there, but then let them get there. Mm. Check in, see how they're doing, support, you know, do do all those kind of cool things that are needed, but don't micromanage them because you're going to kill them. Mm. You know, you're going to kill their desire, their passion. They have to have some autonomy to go do what they need to do. Yeah. How have you managed to rein in that control freak tendency? Just <laughs> I, I, I would, I would suggest that you maybe ask some of my colleagues if I, if I even have. Uh, no, I look, I do, I, I check on myself. Like anything in life, you evolve and you mature and you grow. And I probably had more of a problem with that, you know, when I was younger. Mm. Uh, and I've, I've learned to, I've learned to chill out a little bit. Yeah. Um, and um, I think it's just a case of keep checking yourself. So at three o'clock in the morning, when I wake up you know, in the middle of the night, something will pop in my head and the immediate thing, reaction for me would be, oh, quickly, you know, send a message and just, you know, make sure that I've kind of got that out there. And But now, no, don't. Check yourself. Think mm. about it. Do you really need to ask that question now? No, you don't. It's just going to really annoy the person that you're sending it to. Uh, so, so check it, make a note, and then know that you can go do that check-in when you're going to have your regular catch-up, right? Mm. You don't need to do it ad hoc, unless it's something urgent, of course, well, then yeah. you're going to address it. But if it's just something that's just popped in your head and you really want to get you know, to the, to the nub of the issue you yeah. know, straight away, check yourself, think, pause. So, so I think thinking and pausing is uh, quite a good strategy, certainly for me. Stuart's just been candid about his tendency to want to be in control, and he recognises that it doesn't serve the firm and he's reining in that tendency. That makes me wonder, what are the tendencies you have that may have been helpful in the past, but don't serve you 
your team, or your organization today. You probably have an intuitive grasp of what these are, but if you don't, the people that work with you day in and day out will tell you if you're open to their feedback. And when you know, why not try what Stuart is doing, which is to be mindful of how you are and be intentional about how you want to be. You're an international organization. Mm -hmm. And there's clearly a lot of focus on how to create the glue, yeah. especially if there is a lot more remote working, virtual. What sorts of things have you been doing, Stuart, to create a more cohesive organization, if that is, in fact, desirable? Yeah, no, look, look, I think it is absolutely desirable, right? We, we, want, we want a collegiate atmosphere. We want teamwork. Um, we want collaboration, right? And collaboration across the silos of the organization, because mm -hmm. that's when the organization will work best. I miss face-to-face -face contact, so I thrive on that personally. I want to be able to walk into a client's office and stand in front of them and, you know, shake the hand and have a great conversation. And, you know, when you walk into the elevator afterwards, still carrying on the conversation and it kind mm. of building into more of a personal relationship rather than just this 15, 20, 30 minutes on a Zoom call where it's very impersonal. And my concern as we were moving to a remote working environment that even, you know, inside the organization that we were going to start to start to negatively impact what we'd be working really hard to do. The culture of the organization to me was really important, that culture being just one of professionalism, but of camaraderie, of being able to have fun with each other, of communicating a lot. But what I would say is, you know, if you look at it from a pure kind of data KPI uh, approach, which I don't like because it's people, but actually from a productivity perspective, we improved a bit, mm. right? Maybe that's because people aren't commuting and they're not doing this and they're spending a bit more time working because they've had lockdowns and all these different things. But then it's up to the individual leaders as well of their groups to make sure that communication is happening, right? And mm. so, you know, whatever the kind of broad message is about the business, it's happening, is it's continuing. And one of the things we've invested in very heavily post-lockdown ending is getting people together and uh, having strategy sessions, you know, have people interact and uh, and just make sure that we, you know, also focus not just on the business perspective of it, but on the people mm. side of it, right? And and have people collaborate and have people working together, have people thinking about things or, you know, mission, vision, purpose, and just, just making sure that we've got people really invested and brought in. I imagine there's been a bit of hiring going on without you necessarily being able to meet in person, but you've nevertheless managed it mm -hmm. what's that been like is it has it been effective has there been something missing just building on what you just said about you preferring being in person so we hired 20 to 25 people without ever meeting them you know over the last couple of years and so you just think of that as a social experiment you know if someone had said that to me you know two years ago i said you're crazy yeah like, there's no way i'm going to hire someone without actually physically meeting them even if that means flying around the the world to meet with them i guess you can maybe tell there's a bit of surprise in my voice because i was hugely skeptical mm. of all of this right of yeah. how is this going to work how can this be successful and how can you bring people into the organization train them you know make them feel part of the culture of the organization make them feel welcomed make them feel you know help them to learn right because i actually think a lot of learning happens via osmosis mm. by kind of just sitting next to your colleagues and you hear them say something and you ask the question what the hell does that mean right mm. and, and you kind of build from there you build from there and you're inquisitive and you ask more questions that's hard to do when you're mm. remote Stuart, thank you very much for joining us today it's been great having you pleasure thank you for having me if you enjoyed this manageable conversation, there are many other perspectives we offer our community of managers worldwide who coach, and individuals from all walks of life who benefit from being coached. 
that's all from me. I'm Farley Thomas. Until next time.